Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Good morning, everybody. This is Howard Fox from the Success Insight podcast for my co-host, Randy Ford. We hope you're having a fantastic day. My guest today on the podcast is Bill Thunemark. Bill has written the book, Last Lunch, and it deals with a very, dare I say, heavy, important, passionate, you know, subject that many of us at some time in our life are going to have to go through. And this book is about loss, picking up the pieces, faith, and the love of our family and friends. So, Bill Thonemark, author of The Last Lunch, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Good morning. So, Bill, I would love to learn more about The Last Lunch and what's in the book, but I think to do justice to what's in the book, let's lay out, if we can, some context of who you are. Talk about, you know, your your wife, Carol, and the family, and how events led up to uh, writing this book. If you could share a little bit about that in our time together. Sure. I was a lived in Iowa essentially my whole life. Grew up in a small little town in northern Iowa. Uh, my wife, Carol, grew up there, and I don't remember a time when I did not know her. We went to the same grade school, the same middle school, same high school. We played sports, went to the same church, the same youth group. We just were always together. I never dated her until my senior year in high school, um, and I was desperate for a date and I thought well maybe she'll take pity on me because another girl already turned me down and as a 17 year old boy my my ego was crushed so I asked her maybe she'd go to me to this winter dance just as a friend and lo and behold she said yes and so we started dating and uh, basically a romance that lasted for 50 years wow I was, once I got through high school, I spent a year at Iowa State University, and that didn't seem to work out very well. Instead of getting drafted and going to Vietnam, I enlisted in the Air Force, spent about four years in the Air Force. Uh, Meantime, Carol went to nurses' school and became a registered nurse. Uh, We were married in July of 1970, and um, I finished out my time in the Air Force. And then uh, we moved back to Iowa, and I finished my degree at Iowa State, and I began work as a, an assistant corn breeder, which we don't have time to explain what that is uh, on this podcast, but uh, I worked in research in corn for 20 years in this uh, northern Iowa town of Algona, where I still live. Uh, Carol worked as a nurse, and uh, we had three children. Uh, raised these three, ch- three children. They all got married. I moved away. Each of those have three children, so got a total of nine grandchildren. Um, after about 20 years with uh, for a seed company, my research station was closed, and I did some consulting for a little while, and then I uh, took a job as a high school science teacher. I'd, I'd received my master's degree in plant breeding and cytogenetics which means probably nothing to most people, but it, inquired, it included a lot of science classes. So when I went to get a teaching certificate, I, I was already set up in the sciences. So I 
taught at a small high school. It's the same high school that Caroline had graduated from many years before. Um, taught all the sciences from eighth grade through 12th grade. In January of 2014, Carol had retired from her work as a director of nursing at a long-term care facility where she had been for 30 years. And she was the director of nursing there. Mm-hmm. And then she started a job as a nurse consultant where she went around to various nursing homes around the state of Iowa and just shared her, her knowledge and experience of 20 of 30 years of work. And um, I then continued working until May of 2015 when I was ready to retire. And then at that time, we had plans to do some traveling. And, and we had done a lot of traveling, probably through my job earlier. And, and since our kids lived away from Iowa, or at least two of them did, we traveled a lot to see our kids and, and so on. So we were looking forward to retirement where we could take longer trips. And so in June of 2015, Carol and I, and another couple, Ed and Becky, took a trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and spent about a week there. You know, just had a great time. Came back. I rode my motorcycle a lot, uh, Triumph Trophy, a 2017 trophy. Just loved to ride. And uh, Carol was not able to ride with me much. She had a condition in her hip that it was painful for her to ride the motorcycle. So she just didn't enjoy it. So I did rode get, by myself. Did you get her the sidecar? Well, we talked about it, but uh, she we never did. Okay. So, but, but we had uh, developed this way of traveling several years before because we had a, a son that lives in Oregon. And for a while, we had a daughter that lived in, she lived in California. So we would travel there for, you know, like in the summer. Uh, but uh, Carol, would, you know, since she worked at a nursing home, she could take vacation basically anytime she wanted to. Mm-hmm. So she would uh, go visit the grandkids three or four times a year and or more often. And, but I couldn't do that as a teacher. I couldn't do that. So I was limited to the summertime. And so in the summertime, she would fly to Oregon, for example, and I'd ride my motorcycle there. We'd meet there at my son's home and we'd spend about a week together with the, the kids and the family there. And then she'd fly back home and go back to work and I'd ride my motorcycle and come home eventually. That works. That worked for me. It worked for us. So was, she knew that I loved to ride the motorcycle and she knew that she just physically couldn't ride anymore. Um, but she had taken long trips before, but she just couldn't do it anymore. So it worked for us. So we did this for, you know, after we both retired and she was working, I'd say, part-time as a consultant. And I was doing some substitute teaching at various schools around Iowa. And life was good. And we had taken some extended trips. In October of 2016, we had planned to go back to Myrtle Beach with this same couple, Ed and Becky. And again, due to various circumstances, uh, she was going to fly out there. And I was going to ride my motorcycle, which that's what we did. And Ed and Becky were going to drive out there. And so we met in October and had done a bunch of things, you know, gone to the beach and mini golf and gone out to dinner. The things you do on when you're on vacation at a beach resort. Sure. And just a great time. So we, we'd arrived there on the Saturday that next Thursday, October 20th, everything was just running normal. We'd planned on doing some activities. We'd gone to, to this little bar on the boardwalk for lunch. 
And uh, we were sitting there contemplating what we're going to do that day. We're planning on going on a river cruise. And then the next day we're going to do something else and so on for our, you know, we had a couple more days of vacation left. And uh, we had just finished eating our lunch. We're sitting there uh, finishing up our drinks. And all of a sudden, Carol started complaining of a headache. Said, I've got a terrible headache. And she started digging in her purse for some aspirin or ibuprofen or something. Mm-hmm. And then, and pretty soon she you know, was, I'm getting really dizzy. And she's, then she said, I'm getting nauseous. And she started vomiting. And um, so I, we had these huge glasses of pop. And I, I dumped her ice, you know, out. And, and she, it's kind of gross, but she's okay, starting to vomit there in the, in our booth at, on the boardwalk in this huge pop cup. And I went and dumped this in a garbage can across the boardwalk and came back and she threw up some more and, and I went and dumped it again. And I'm standing there and, and I've asked her, I said, do you need should I call 911? Do you need to go to the hospital or something? Or is this just something, you know, food poisoning or bad reaction to the shrimp or something? Mm-hmm. And um, she said, I think I need to go to the hospital. And for her to say that it was, she knew something was wrong. Right. right. Being, being, a, being a nurse and for her to admit that she needs to go to the hospital. She said, I think I need to go to the hospital, but I'm so dizzy. I don't think I can walk. And I went and dumped her, her cup again, came back over and her, she was head was slumped over the side and she had passed out and never came to. Wow. That, that's that's amazing. I mean, you you know, you're just you know living life. You know, just enjoying yourselves and the company. And then, you know, for our listeners, I mean, in the book, the title is "The Last Lunch," and so, you know, I'm grateful that you're 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 able to share this with us. And I mean, this type of event. I mean, how do you navigate around something that happens so quickly? And yeah, this this whole thing from the first symptoms until she was passed out. I don't know. It, it's hard to say, but it, it's about five minutes. Wow. Um, and so she's sitting there, head slumped over, you know, unconscious. And one of the other customers at this restaurant happened to be a nurse, came over and saw that we were struggling. And by this time, I'd called 911, or the manager of the restaurant called 911. And this nurse came over started taking vitals as best she could, examining Carol, looking in her eyes and doing stuff that nurses do and relaying this information to the restaurant manager who was on the phone to EMS. It seemed like forever before EMS got there, but it was probably five minutes. I mean, it was a very short time. It just seemed like hours. Of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, they got her and, and did a quick exam and they could tell right away that this is something pretty serious. And they put her on a gurney and hauled her away to the emergency room and mm-hmm. told us where they're taking her. And then my friends, Ed and Becky, took and I hopped in their car and we drove to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, your the experience here, and as it's alluded to, you know, in the in the notes uh, on the book page on Amazon, is Carol never, your wife never woke up from this event and. You know, without going into, you know, there's probably a lot of other details to get into specific to the event, but let's shift a little bit to, to the book. 
Um, okay. It's a horrific event. I mean, it, life is so fleeting, and it's it just, yeah. you know, in the blink of an eye. Um, what prompted you to, to want to write this book, The Last Launch? Well, it never occurred to me to write a book. It all sort of happened by accident. Once we got to the hospital, on the way to my, the hospital, I texted my kids. I don't know what's going on, but something, something happened to mom. At that point, I didn't know how serious it was. Um, but I said, something's wrong. We, we're going to the hospital. And, you know, we found out pretty quickly that it was very serious. And news spread to, you know, friends and family um, very quickly. And I was getting inundated with text messages, emails, um, people, what's going on? And I couldn't possibly answer them all. And this is like within the next, you know, 12 hours or so, you know, 12, 24 hours, I'm getting all these questions. And I, my kids suggested I set up a caring bridge site, which is a, a website that, you know, you can update people on, on stuff that I'd never heard of it, but they set this up for me and then I could just make a response. And so I started keeping a, a journal of what was going on initially a couple of times a day, then daily. And then after Carol eventually died and then we had the funeral. Okay. Then I said, there's nothing more to write. You know, thank you everybody for following my caring bridge, but I think, I think I'm done. And I had a, a high school classmate, Don, who lives in California, who said, no, you can't quit writing. You've got to keep writing. I said, well, I have nothing more to say. He said, oh, you do too. You got to keep writing. I said, okay, for a few more weeks. And so a few more weeks, I kept writing this journal. And I said, okay, now I'm done. I've said all I want to say. He said, no, you got to keep writing. I said, how long? Said, At least a year. I said, a year? Are you crazy? And he said, no, you, you need to keep writing. It's, it'll be good for you. And we want to know what's going on. You know, we've got people that care about you. And it'll be good for you, good therapy for you. And I thought he was crazy. But I said, okay. So I kept writing. And not every day. But you know, on a regular basis, I kept a journal about what was going on in my life, how my life had changed from being happily married to a wonderful woman who I'd known my whole life to now being single and trying to pick up the pieces and how to help my family cope and, and all this and meeting new friends. And, and so I kept this journal going. I also had some private journals that no one ever saw. And that was the whole purpose mainly was to just for myself. I was sharing my life with other people, but for the most part, I was doing it for myself just to help me cope with the loss of my wife. Sure. And, and then uh, at some point later, Don suggested that you should put all these down in a book format. And I said, you're, again, you're crazy. Um, Don was a wise person, Bill. Let me tell you this. <laughs> well, I said, you know what you're talking about, Don. I said, yeah, you should do this. And so through his prompting, I blame him for this book. It's, he's the one that, you know, there's other people suggested, but he's the one that kept on me to actually put this down in a manuscript and put it all together. And um, so I did and um, went ahead and found a way to publish it. That's fantastic. So, Bill, thank you 
you know, so much for you know sharing this part of the story and the, you know led up to the event and your, your the background. I mean, I just you know I think the wonderful thing about small town America, Iowa. I have friends from Iowa, and just the, the fact that you and your and Carol knew each other for so many years and working, living and working in the community. And it's just like having one big extensive family. That's what dawns on me. I grew up in a bigger city and, you know, everybody was quick to move away, but just, you know, it's wonderful to hear the, the, the longevity, the love and just the extended family, which is your community. I'm wondering if you would indulge us with just maybe reading a little bit from last lunch or something that, that will resonate for our audience. Sure. Uh, this passage is what's on the back cover, kind of a synopsis of the book. There's several passages within the book that I would love to read, but uh, this one kind of subs up my feelings. So Great. My head is spinning. I think I'm going to be sick. I think I need to go to the hospital, but I'm so dizzy. I don't think I can walk. The last words my wife spoke to me before she slipped into a coma, never to wake up. It began as a wonderful vacation with friends, but turned into a nightmare. A nightmare that changed my life in a way no one could have foreseen. Death has a way of doing that. The experts try to help you in the aftermath, but each of us go through grieving process in our own way. My path to recovery is unique to me. Your path is unique to you. No one can prepare you for the, this kind of journey. You must make your own path. I have read some of what the experts have to say, and some of their advice was helpful. Some of their advice just didn't help at all. Last lunch is my story of what it's like to lose your best friend, your wife, your lover, the mother of your children, and then pick up the pieces and go on living. Is it a story, is it a story of my faith in God? the love of my family and friends. It is a story that has no ending. One day I just stopped writing. Mm. And that's pretty much it. This nightmare goes on forever. I'm adjusting, but anyone who has lost a spouse knows how painful it can be if they had a good marriage. And we had a very good marriage. And it's different than losing a father, a mother, a sibling. I've never lost a sibling. But I've lost, lost both my parents, but losing a spouse is so different than anything I've ever experienced. Bill, thank you so much for gifting us with this passage and for sharing the story with our audience. If our listening audience would like to learn more about you, maybe they're going through or have gone through something, an event, loss of a, a loved one, a spouse, uh, is there a place that you'd like to direct our listeners too, so they can at least learn more about you and perhaps even try to reach out to you. Yeah, my Facebook account is probably the best place to get a hold of me and see what my life is about. Just do a search on Facebook for Bill Funnemark. And there's also a page, Last Lunch by Bill Funnemark, but either one direct you to my site. And there are links there to, to where you can buy the book or uh, you can personal message me um, in various ways, find out more information about me. Um, and I'd be happy to share experiences, you know, you know, who I am, more detail. If you want to contact me personally, you know, leave a note there on Facebook through Messenger or something. And be happy to reach out to somebody 
yeah, if, if I can. And I don't claim to be an expert, but uh, unfortunately, I do have some experience in, in losing a spouse. So, yeah. well, that's job yeah. I asked for. I think, oh, I truly appreciate that. I know our audience will appreciate that. Many people are struggling out there and perhaps they struggle in silence. You know, what do I do? And so having someone to talk to who's been there, you know, if if even just to sit there and listen, you know, it's not always about asking for advice. Sometimes it's just about, you know, we're there to listen. And so I appreciate that. So folks, you know, the last lunch is Bill's uh, Facebook page and uh, Bill Funnemark. It's F-U-N-N-E-M-A-R-K. We'll also have a link on our show notes to the, the book on Amazon. You can also, I'm sure Bill would love to hear your thoughts on the book if you decide to pick it up via Amazon as well. So Bill, thank you so much for reaching out to inquire about the, our podcast, Success Insight, and for agreeing to be on the show this episode. And you know, I think that's the beauty of this medium is, you know, we've got many kinds of authors, people going through life's events in different ways, different challenges, love, life, loss, opportunity, struggle. And I think that's what makes this medium so beautiful is we get to hear stories, you know, the lives of others. So thank you very much for uh, gifting us with this story and sharing it with us. Well, thank you for having me this morning. So folks, you know, again, this is a, a deep subject. Check, do check out the last lunch, you know, dealing with love and loss and family, friends, and the power of journaling. <laughs> Definitely the power of journaling. So uh, again, just check out uh, last lunch on Amazon and we'll put the links to, the, to that on our show notes. So that's it for today. For my co-host, Randy Ford, this is Howard Fox from the Success Insight Podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. Take care. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.